show number 154 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talkin' Track. Welcome, listeners, to our belated Christmas, belated Twelfth <laughs> Night, belated everything. Epiphany. Epiphany is the other weird religious holiday that comes after New Year's. Oh, okay. I kind of thought maybe that was Twelfth Night, but pff, what do I, I know? know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lena has her presence. I do. I'm so excited. And she is. Hey, can we turn on the the um, your face thing so I can see you when you open oh, these? Oh, okay. Let me see if I and can I'll make turn that mine work. on too. Yeah, without making the uh, video quality go totally down the tubes. Okay. So there's two, and now these have been sitting under my Christmas tree. <laughs> you still have your Christmas tree up? They both arrived there. So um, there is this one that's the wrapped one, like this. Uh-huh. And then there's the Cafe Press one, which came in this nice bag like this. Okay. So um, which one do you want me to open first? Open Cafe Press first. Okay. So here we go. Let's see. Ooh, what could this be? Something okay. just for you. There's a bunch of stuff in here which I'm not going to read. It's a it's not a t-shirt. No. It's a, it's a tote bag. Ah, I can't get it open. I hope they sent you the right one cuz I thought well, it was so cool. It looks like it <laughs> cuz it looks like a Star Trek one. And it <laughs> This is awesome. Yay! It, it looks like Helen Noel, I have to say. Yes, yes, the indeed. Well, you know, she's one of my big starfleet heroes. So she's wearing a, a Starfleet uniform. She's a red shirt. Well, hopefully she won't die. And there are some, it, it's like a 50s ad, and there are some other girls holding books, sort of looking at her admiringly. And it says, get an education to begin a lifetime of adventure, Starfleet Academy. Contact the recruitment office, San Francisco, Earth. <laughs> this is so awesome i, I thought that was such it. a cool cool tote bag it's so cool i've never seen this before i mean I, I haven't seen this design anywhere and it's the coolest design ever it's a really nice tote bag too oh good i'm glad wow. to hear that oh it's very strong um like sort of canvassy material mm -hmm. so this will last a long time oh thank you so much i love it i oh, absolutely good. love it yay <laughs> will you hold it up to the camera so i can see it again yes, i haven't seen yes. it yes Yes, I, I like the other girls looking so, they wow. Do. They are. They're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. I could be in Starfleet. It's oh. great. Wow, this is really cool. Thank you. Thank You're you, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. So now open Yay. the other one. Oh, another present. Okay, so this is a smaller one. I think <gasps> there might be a note in it if there's not oh. a note on it. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. It's Wonder Woman socks. Yay! <laughs> These are great. Oh, yes. It says, there's also an invisible airplane parked in your driveway. <laughs> so don't trip over it. Okay, thanks. These are really nice. I like them. I thought, you know, uh, so oh, this is sort great. of a, a girl power Christmas for you. It, it's great. A sci-fi so um, fandom girl power thing. I love 
them. I love them so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're Yay. welcome. You can wear them with your Wonder Woman jammies. I will. I absolutely will. The socks are not winter socks. I will say that. They're more like summer weight socks. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I will definitely be wearing them when it gets Those a little bit warmer. Those were the only weight they had. Mm-hmm. They're great. I love them. Oh, so cool. Yay. I'm so lucky. <laughs> oh, good. So now I guess our holidays are officially over. Yes, and we've got to get revved up for the next holidays, which, of course, is um, Bill's birthday and Leonard's birthday. The Shatmoy. The, the sacred holiday of Shatmoy, yes. Yes. And it's going to be good. It's going to be, be so at the good. end of March. Yeah. Well, let, let's... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, uh, coming at the same time as the sacred holiday of Shatmoy is, of course, Bill touring the United States. Right. Now, we ha- we for those of you who have, I don't know, been in a coma for the past two weeks, um, you may not know that Bill is appearing on Broadway for a, a limited run. It's like two weeks, I think, maybe three, mm-hmm. at the Music Box Theater. Opens on Valentine's Day. Of course. And after that, he's going to do a 15-week tour of the U.S. Oh, so exciting. And so my nice. my prayer now is that he will be in Chicago, and we will be in Chicago, and it will be Shatmoy. Oh, can you imagine that? Wow. That would be the best Shatmoy present ever. It Wouldn't would be it? the miracle of Shatmoy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just sort of like... I may I hadn't thought about that before, and now I'm thinking about it, and it was like it would be the most amazing thing ever. Wouldn't that would be, be great? So, it would be so cool. So anyway, oh. Bill being on Broadway, there's like ten to twenty entries for it in my Shatner Alert every day for mm. the past week. Yes, it's everywhere. Well, his all of his media. Um, was promoting it really heavily. So it was mm-hmm. on Twitter and it was on Facebook and it was on Google Plus and just everywhere that he posts, well, not he, but everywhere that stuff gets posted about him. Right. It, it appeared there. Yeah, lots of publicity. Now, you said you had, had seen or heard that um, there was a line around the block in New York for I, I, um In one of the alerts, I, I, did, I do occasionally read one of the articles just to see if it has anything new to say. And this one did say the line was around the block. Wow. Well, that doesn't surprise me in the least. No. Wow. So now, uh, the thing I was thinking of, of course, is that since you now are into the whole theater thing in Chicago, Mm -hmm. you're going to be the one to procure these tickets for us. Yes, I am. Yes, and you're going to get us good seats, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So I'm just going to leave that all up to you. Okay, good. It's going to be great. Well, I wanted to tell you a little something about that about having to do with me and the Chicago theater scene. Oh, good. Um, I'm rehearsing a show right now, and it's, it's a, a wonderful experience because it's a play that's in development, so it's changing as we rehearse um, according to, you know, our input and mm-hmm. what the director and the, the playwright see us doing and everything, so it's really great. But by way of introduction, <clears throat> we had to go around and, of course, say our names, who you're playing, and... Um, a favorite creative endeavor or project. Oh, uh-huh. So I told them about Marjorie. Oh, great. That's wonderful. And, you know, I had to, you know, sort of tell them a little bit about the podcast. But mostly I was talking about, you know, this character that we've developed and, and you know, sort of an improvised character and, and the outrageous thing. She said everybody thought it was fantastic. 
Oh, that's great. I love it. I love it. I, yep. It's it's so good that people get her. You know, even people who aren't Star Trek fans kind of get what that character is supposed to be about. Yes, and you know, I was thinking, if um if Bill comes here to Chicago and we're there, and there's a Q and A, maybe Marjorie could ask <gasps> him a question. Oh, that would be funny. Do you think he would get it? I don't know, but I could wear her her apron. <laughs> A Q&A, what would we ask him? We, oh. I don't know. We'll have to cut work on that. Yeah, that's going to take And we will work. take suggestions, listeners. Yes, please, because, you know, we'll, we'll try to do it as long as it's a, a question that's going to get us a good answer that we need to know. Right. And he's not going to answer questions about his personal life, obviously. As much as we'd like to ask those mm-hmm. questions, he's not going to say anything. Man, that's great. So that's awesome. So we are uh, monitoring all the sources to see when he might be actually touring, like what the tour dates are, mm-hmm. what the venues are. They haven't announced any of that stuff yet. Nope. Just just the Broadway ones. Right. So, so our so hailing frequencies are wide open. They are. And you guys should all be looking, too, to see when Bill is going to come to um, a venue near you so that mm-hmm. you can go see him live and in person. And then this, report back to us. Yeah. This is probably, I would say this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. He's not going to do this again. Um, probably not. Um, I do want to point out, it has been 50 years since Bill's been on Broadway. Wow. Wow. Uh, that's a long time. Yeah. But and, he and seems he, to be loving he it. he played before in the, the Music Box Theater, and one of the comments he made that just cracked me up was, um, <clears throat> I have been renovated, and I hope the music box has, too. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you're in New York, and if tickets are still available, um, you definitely should go, because I've been in the music box theater. It is not a musical theater, which means it's smaller. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it. you will be... You know, if you're down in the orchestra, you'll be pretty close to him. It's not one of those huge barn, you know, seats, 1,500 people places. So oh, that's great. Great opportunity. Oh. I, do they let you bring uh, binoculars or opera glasses? Binoculars, to... absolutely. Okay, that's cool. Because I would take definitely photos. Want to do that. Yeah, yeah, but something just to see him closer. Oh yeah, yeah, you can yeah. definitely do that. I've I've done that for some shows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very good. Very good. Yay. This is great. Um, speaking of, of things that Bill has done or did a long time ago, uh, over on the Moore Shatner group on LiveJournal, mm-hmm. there have been some things that have been posted lately, which we've downloaded, and we're going to watch some of them. And, but just yesterday, I downloaded something that I had no idea that Bill had done, and it was him hosting on television, not as a movie, um, people, other famous actors doing Spoon River Anthology. Oh, my God. And I was like, really? That's one of my favorite things ever, Uh Spoon River, even though it's horribly depressing. It is. I I was like, I... I had no idea. So he's the, the narrator guy who, who does the introduction and stuff. And then all these other, I guess it looks like kind of mid to late 70s actors uh-huh. do the other individual pieces of it. So I, I never saw that in his list of credits. Uh, no, I didn't know that. So I'm psyched to watch that. that well, really yeah. Cool. Huh. yeah. So well, there cool. You. Bill's done everything. Oh, he, he has. He has. And last night... Thriller showed Hungry Glass again. Oh. And so, you know, I got to watch him shacting and, <laughs> you know, 
that was pretty cool. That was good to see again. Oh, that's good. Yep, he is absolutely everywhere. Okay, let's see. Let me go to the list because I do have a list of stuff okay. that we wanted to talk about. So, um, oh, well, the second segment of this show is going to focus on uh, crossovers. Uh, so that's my uh, production theme for this show. Is oh, okay. Star, Star Trek and Bill crossing over in other areas. Oh, th- um, thanks for informing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you told me some of this stuff. So oh, okay, okay. Um, but I did want to mention some of the things that you had sent to me. One was um, that compilation that Esquire magazine had put out, which was mm-hmm. the best of what I've learned. And the very first quote, yep. very first quote is from Bill. Yep. And it's the one about sex being a template for everything you do. Yes, and you should start <laughs> slowly and finish completely. completely. I know there's more in between there, yes. but... Um, and the thing is, they don't credit who said it. So you no. just have to know Bill's oh, at the top of the list. Of course, because he's Bill and he's talking about sex. Yeah. So that was great. Now, I wanted to mention very briefly, um, and if you want to save this for later, but the um, the William Shatner comic book yeah. <laughs> that we both looked at. Yes. Let me let me pull it up here. Oh, okay. I don't have it open. Okay. Let me, uh, let me try to find it. Um, so we'd mentioned this, I believe, two, a couple of shows ago we had talked about this. And um, this was another one of those terrible, terrible comics that are like, uh, what is it, Cult of Personality? or something. Personality Comics, that's yeah. what they're called. And they're supposed to be uh, just biographies, sort of. <laughs> We actually have... Using the term very, very loosely. Very, very loosely. But um, one of them is one that I had gotten about Bruce Hyde. Yes, who, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so we had talked about how awful that was and, and what a terrible, terrible comic book it was. And so um, I had been unaware that there was one for Bill. So we you know, browsed around and finally got a copy of it and we looked at it. I, I don't have it right here, but um, the thing... It, it's awful, and it ends really abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> and the pictures, some of them are just sort of traced from uh, yeah. photographs of him, right? They're they're really bad. Oh, you can traced. really pick it out too if you if yeah. you know your Shatner photographs and if you've seen a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I know what one that is. Um, and then the funniest thing to me was when they were talking about the time that he spent at Stratford and they referred to the other actors that he was appearing in and they put their names in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> in scare, like scare quotes. quotes for Christopher Plummer. Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> like it was some guy masquerading as Christopher <laughs> Plummer, right? It was just someone dressed up like him with a sign around his neck that said yeah. Christopher Plummer. Oh, it was like so Stratford bad. with some big costume party or something. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, those comics are just the worst comics in the entire world. I don't see how they get away with with selling them. Honestly, like, like who who buys them? Who makes them? Why do they even do them? It's just insane. So, just to tell you guys, if you ever see that William Shatner biography comic, the only reason it's worth buying it is to laugh. Because yes. you're not going to get any kind of information out of it at all. Oh, before I forget, one more thing about the Chicago theater scene. Oh, yes. I did not go see the Boobs of Khan, the <laughs> okay. burlesque show. And they're always doing, you know, boob-themed whatever, you know, the Count of Monte boob or whatever they're adapting so they can have topless women in it. But I did see a review. 
Okay. And, and I got to give say? the reviewer credit because the main thing he thought was not good was that they didn't make enough effort to make it Star Trek-like. <laughs> oh, that's a good criticism. <laughs> I thought, good for you. Really? That, that's Needs good. more Star Trek. <laughs> Needs more Star Trek. And that is sort of a rule for life, I would say. Uh-huh. Yep. Needs more Star Trek. I would always say that. Oh, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's take our little break, okay. and then let's come back, and we'll talk about some of these other Star Trek and other things. Okay, sounds good. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We say it all the time, but I'll say it again. We love hearing from you. Blogging at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. So to kick off the second half of our show, um, why don't you tell me about some of these things that you found uh, online in the interwebs? All right. Hold on while the window opens. Okay, Okay. here is a Star Trek mailbox. And it is a normal kind of mailbox, normal sort of a mailbox, but it's more or less being um, dry humped by the Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is kind of built on top of it. And it's huge. And it's the NCC USPS. Uh-huh. And it glows at night. Wow, because you would need it to glow at night because the mail comes at night, maybe? Um, I don't know. Um, it says the project consists of a standard mailbox with an original style enterprise docked above it. <clears throat> okay. Um. And uh, they mentioned the same thing I was thinking about. Oh, I hope nobody playing um, mailbox baseball goes by. (laughs) The solar-powered creation lights up at night to help guide postal deliveries at late hours. Uh It may also also function as a beacon for the next time the Enterprise crew ends up back in time on Earth to save the whales. I wonder if they really got approval from the post office to do that because um, the post office is pretty picky about what your mailbox looks like. Well, the thing is, you can see there's that regular mailbox right underneath Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I guess so. If you have a regular mailbox, you can build something on top of it. But, like, you couldn't actually have the front of the Enterprise opening up, and that's where the mail would go. Right. Yeah, they're very, very picky about those things. Yeah. Wow, and that was on CNET. That that was interesting. Yes. Now, <laughs> this, this next thing is a keychain. Okay. Um, and basically, it's a keychain with a a, a plastic uh, rectangular like little frame attached to it, and they put a not so great picture of Bill in it. <laughs> it looks like a, a, a photograph that they cut. You know, like one of those pictures that you buy at a convention. Well, here it says, these are, they also have them of Spock and other people, but who cares? These are recycled magazine images, so each keychain is unique. It measures approximately one and five-eighths by two and three-eighths inches. 
So the one in the picture is Bill on a communicator. <laughs> it's not as good as that Burt Reynolds one we posted to the blog no, a couple weeks ago. But it was only $3. That's true. That would be pretty good. Yep, that was okay. I wonder if you can have a picture on both sides. Oh, well, I don't know because they're, I mean, they're putting the picture in, so maybe the the plastic is, you know, closed up or whatever. Yeah. Oh, look, they have other ones with other people in them, yes. too. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Okay, that's cool. Now, this next thing I want to read because I think this is an amazing story. Oh, good. Yay. It is, um, it's from something called ConnectingUSCities.com, Connecting You to Your Community. <clears throat> and this came from the state of Arkansas. <laughs> And it has no comments, but it's called My William Shatner Christmas Carol. <gasps> okay. Okay. Just like TV shows that pull their annual holiday stories out of the closets, I like to drag out my few Christmas tales. This sad tale actually took place when I was working in a lab some years ago on a cold winter's day when we had pretty much nothing to do. Don't try this at home. You can't do the Shatner too long without calling a priest for an exorcism. <laughs> <coughs> so here it says, my William Shatner Christmas Carol. I think that after all this time, I can finally bear my soul and reveal my most shameful Christmas secret. I'm secretly William Shatner. <laughs> well, I sort of imagine that I am. Not all the time, though, and not for a long time. And it's not a condition that I need as yet, any sort of medication for. Though it is true that excessive amounts of caffeine can bring about a rapid, drastic change in my behavior. You see, I love to imitate the Star Trek actor in his most hammy moments. Think of being tied to a chair and being forced to watch a TV land marathon of T.J. Hooker. There's just something so emotionally rewarding <laughs> about slipping into Shatner speak as it were, and exaggerating words and phrases beyond all rational meaning. Which brings us to A Christmas Carol, which is probably my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Though, of course, it has to be Alistair Sim and not any of the others, including the sad Patrick Stewart <laughs> effort from TNT some years ago. <laughs> Moving right along, a few years ago, when I still had a job where I punched a time card, I worked in a chemical lab. This was a great job. We drank coffee, read newspapers, I'm scrolling, discussed politics and movies, told bad jokes, and even tested chemicals. And we had some great bosses. I felt like it was a sort of karmic reward for all those years spent working at Mexican Original. <laughs> I'm guessing that's like a chain of restaurants or something. Yeah, like Taco Bell. Yeah. It was close to Christmas, and several of the production lines were shut down, but our boss had managed to keep as many of us working a 40-hour week as possible as long as she could. As you might imagine, there was less to do than usual. It was then the mixture of having watched Alistair Sim the night before and drinking too much coffee that morning that I hit upon the perfect way to spend the rest of the workday. For the amusement of my lab mates, but mostly for myself, I performed a one-man Christmas carol using a William Shatner impression for each and every <laughs> character. A friend of That's mine brilliant. had left to go to the break room, and when he returned, I fixed him with a steely glaze. glaze sorry. As for you, sir, I have just one question. And I slipped into my best Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Scrooge mode, and asked, Tiny Tim? <laughs> 
out of danger. <laughs> I thought he was going to fall on the floor laughing. Well, I have to tell you this. It was hard work. I'm not sure how William Shatner keeps it up all day long. <laughs> there are no videotaped copies of this wretched oh. performance, but every year around this time, I think of doing an encore. Maybe I'll just put some coffee on. Oh, that's brilliant. I think that that's just a very sweet little story. It's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And I'm trying to see if there's a name on who who posted this and oh here it is oh no that's that's who who said the quote of the day and all it says is it came from arkansas i don't even know what that website is what connecting com? yeah it, it's it's like really weird and yeah. it doesn't have a name and it doesn't have any comments and it's like what somebody just posted this random little essay there i guess Oh, that's kind of odd. I do like that he says, I don't know how William Shatner keeps it up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's true. Even Bill is amazed by himself because he talks about a four Shatner day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, that's great. I, I like that story very, very much. And I would have liked to have seen that <laughs> because I think that would have been really yes, good. I think, and the thing is, because it was spontaneous and done by somebody um you know, who's just like a regular person. It was, wasn't was some schlocky impressionist, mm-hmm. right. you know, Doing where they do those comedy. and they make a different celebrity for each character. It's like, ha, ha, yeah. ha, 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 you know. No, that's brilliant. That that was great. Oh, I love it. Bill, everywhere, yep. all the time. Now, one more thing I would like to share, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Yes, please. Is, um, this was on the the Mail Online, which is the... the uh, the newspaper in in Great Britain. And apparently, um, there's a new book called Dear Me, More Letters to My 16-Year-Old Self. And they went around Uh and asked a lot of uh, celebrities what their advice to their 16-year-old self was. Plus, they they, uh, included on the website that picture of Bill at 16 at a lake where he's, you know, he's Uh, 16 but trying to look manly. Yes. Um, Here it says, William Shatner most famous for playing Captain Kirk in Star Trek, tells his 16-year-old self to enjoy those feelings of inadequacy. Succumb, <laughs> succumb, is it succumb? Yes. Succumb, succumb yes. to the terror of your hormonal disorders. <laughs> Live in your youth because it passes too quickly. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, Bill, yeah. at 16. But he wouldn't have taken that advice if he'd even told it to himself. Well... But this is why you do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like what I what I wish somebody had said to me, but I probably would have ignored it anyway because I was 16 years old. Exactly. That's right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I, I like it when he participates in things like that. It's like the Esquire thing. Yes, yes. You know, he's sh- sharing, sharing his knowledge, sharing his wisdom. Also, plugging the blog. There are two <laughs> incredible pictures of, like, <laughs> late 70s, early 1980s bills in Bill in skimpy swimsuit mm-hmm. on the blog right now that they're good pictures they're fantastic pictures and they definitely most definitely show the chest hair yes. i mean oh, he has not of, shaved or been shaved in quite a while for a role in those pictures and you can see you know the the hair on his arms the hair on his chest going down to his belly uh-huh. all those lovely things yeah he looks pretty furry he looks great he looks, he looks wonderful really good. And he's wearing a Speedo. Yes. 
And there's also a picture. I've been wanting to talk to you about this. The Captain Kirk cookie jar. <laughs> yes. That looks like Mitt Romney. It does look like Mitt Romney. It's so true. It really does. Yes. And you Agreed. and I have seen many things that say they're supposedly images of Captain Kirk mm-hmm. or William Shatner, most specifically in comic books, <laughs> that look mm-hmm. nothing like him. Yeah. But this one looks so much exactly like another person that why don't they yeah. just call it a Mitt Romney cookie jar? They should. They, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like him except that it's wearing a yellow shirt. Yes. And that's about yes. it. The other thing I want to share is on my own personal Facebook when I posted this, one of the mm-hmm. first people to comment on it was my friend Benjamin who um, the, <laughs> yes, the, I remember <laughs> the, the Burger uh, the, King the McDonald's Captain toy <laughs> looks like Benjamin. <laughs> That's right. I I was thinking about that just the other day, and I was thinking <laughs> it really does look exactly like yes. that toy. And I I love that he used it for his Facebook profile image for a while. Yes, that was really great. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Um, so here are the things that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, and this is where we, we do a little bit of the crossover crossover stuff. Crossover mashup. So the first th- crossover stuff. So the first thing um, was um, a more uh, sort of meta fandom thing because I had been watching this episode of Graham Norton. Oh, yes. Because um, the guy who plays Doctor Who was on it, and I just wanted to see if he had anything interesting to say. And They were sharing anecdotes, but Gillian Anderson was on it, who used to be on the X-Files. Um, and I never watched X-Files. Me neither. Just never got into it, so I don't know anything about her. I don't know what she's done since then. She's apparently, well, I guess she's living in England or something. Right, and she's and gotten a lot of acclaim for... Um, at least one and maybe two things she did that were shown over here like as part of Masterpiece Theater or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's working. Right. And um, I don't know why she was on the show. I guess she was maybe promoting one of those things. So they got into this discussion about Comic-Con because the, the all of the Doctor Who people went there last year. Um, and it was the first time that, that the BBC had ever sponsored them at Comic-Con. So it was kind of a big deal mm-hmm. for them to come over and promote the show and all that stuff. And so... Um, Matt Smith was just saying he thought that he had a great time and he really liked meeting all the fans and all that. And I I thought that her attitude towards meeting fans at Comic-Con, where she'd been once with the X-Files folks, was, was fairly dismissive. Um, and, and it struck me as a little cruel. And she told a, a, a story about having to deal with one of those very emotional fans who, who was crying when, when talking to her and all that. And it just struck me as a little mean-spirited. Um, and and you pointed out that maybe it wasn't that way, and I was being a little overly sensitive. But I have to say, you know, for people to talk about their own fans on a talk show like that, it's probably not the best thing for their image. Well, probably not, except when you think about the over-emotional fans or Rat Lady or stuff, other fans. I mean, wouldn't you love if Bill got on a talk show and talked about this idiot Rat Lady? But see, for me, there's a different... I would. Oh, I would too. But but I think in in my brain, there's a difference between Rat Lady, who is just annoying uh-huh. and uses those questions as a platform for her own insanity, and someone who's a genuine fan who's getting emotionally um, verklempt because mm-hmm. this is something that they've really looked forward to for a long time. 
that that just strikes me as a different kind of thing. And for for the latter people, I I just feel a little sorry for them. And just like, you know, it's okay. They're human beings. They're not going to kill you and everything's going to be all right. Whereas the first sort of the people who who insist on hogging the spotlight um, relentlessly, those people make me angry because it's about them and not about the fandom. You know, it it just seems like a different thing. Well, you know, I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here. Um, I think if if you as a performer go to one of those things and aren't really prepared for what it's going to be, I think it can really throw you. And I, I think yes. that that emotional outpouring obviously made her uncomfortable. And yes. I also think, um, you know, like like Matt Smith was saying, he had a, a great time. But fandom is a huge thing now, mm-hmm. and growing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet if you got the, any of the Star Trek actors, you know, to talk about their first conventions, you know, how, how mm-hmm. very weird it was, how they didn't know what to do or how to handle these things and had mm-hmm. to learn how mm-hmm. to do it. And it kind of makes me think of um, a story I heard that um, somebody was asking Zachary Quinto in some interview or article, um, did Leonard Nimoy give him any advice? And Quinto said um, that Nimoy said, you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> and Quinto then as part of the, the article said, but I don't think um, typecasting for sci-fi and stuff like that is as strong as it was back in the days when Nimoy was first playing Spock. And I thought, I don't think you knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this fandom will embrace you forever. I think that that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, I agree with you. I think that they the the X-Files people were probably completely unprepared mm-hmm. for what was going to happen and the kinds of people that they were going to meet and all that. So, yeah, I I agree. I do um, want to point out the one thing I found very yes. <laughs> funny. Cuz uh, yes. kind of snarky I, about um Jillian Anderson is um she was seated middle of the couch with some other person who I don't know who he was on the one side, and then Matt Smith, who was the person being interviewed at that point. Her interview moment was over, I guess. And she was so obviously uncomfortable at not being the center of things, of being on television, but just having to sit there. And so at one point, Matt Smith was talking about how clumsy he was, and he and Graham Norton are, you know, making jokes about being clumsy, and ah, laugh, 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 and then Jillian goes, I'm clumsy, too. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just cracked up. It was so funny, I know. (laughs) It was like, but I'm prettier. Yes! I almost (laughs) wanted her to say that. (laughs) It was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to discuss that. Okay. Um, and, and continuing with the tie to Doctor Who fandom, and I promise we're not going to turn this into a, a, a half Doctor Who uh, podcast because there's probably enough of those out there. This was just the funniest thing. So I'll, I'll tell you the backstory, and it leads up to the punchline, but it's a good punchline. So um, I recently became aware that there is, a, of course, a huge Doctor Who fandom. Oh, of course. And those people write fanfic. So yep. I started looking around at some of the fanfic places and there's all kinds of them everywhere for every pairing for everything that you could want there's completely um, plot driven stuff there's porn there's everything anything that you could want there is and I found one place where um, people put in prompts so that someone else will write a fic 
that they want to read mm-hmm. like we didn't we didn't really used to do this did we well we there was a anime. there the, much later, I think after you and I had pretty much stopped participating, or it was near the end of our participation, there was a thing somebody had set up. It was like a yearly Christmas gift thing where you said, for my Christmas gift, I would like to yeah. see blah, blah, blah. And somebody might write it and be like, your secret mm-hmm. Santa. Right. So it's like that, yeah. except it's much bigger. And people just put in all kinds of weird things. And sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's funny and you get to write whatever kind of story <laughs> you want to, to fill that prompt. Mm-hmm. So I'm scrolling through it and I'm reading it and I'm laughing at all these funky things that people are putting in there. So the other thing about the show now um, is that the doctor has two companions, right? Mm-hmm. He's got um, Amy Pond and her husband, Rory. And part of the joke on the show is that... Uh, he has people refer to them as the pawns her last name and not his because she's such a strong and forceful personality mm. so this so it's it's amy pond and rory pond even though his last name is really williams nobody ever calls her <laughs> amy williams okay so, so it's kind of funny and and the doctor will say that to them sometime he'll be like come along pawns both mm, okay so i'm scrolling through this thing and reading all these different prompts and i get to this one and it says Rory Pond is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? (laughs) And then I read a little further. To hug the mountain, to envelop that mountain. To hug the mountain, to envelop that mountain. To hug the mountain, that mountain, that mountain. He wants to make love to the mountain. (laughs) And that was the prompt for the fic. (laughs) I wonder how many people got that. I don't know, but it made me laugh so <laughs> loud. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, so that was just delightful. Delightful. <laughs> so then I had that stuck in my head all day. So that was good. And then there was this, uh, well, you told me, because <laughs> this made me laugh out loud, too, that you were watching the um, the guide listings on Comcast. I was just thinking of that. <laughs> Well, you tell it. Oh, okay. So if you haven't seen it, the guide listings on Comcast is a channel that tells you what's on all the other channels. And it's my favorite channel. And so I'm going through it. And if there's like an hour long show and you're at the the second half hour, the title gets truncated because something else is coming up. So there was like half of the title of the hour long thing. And right beneath it was the full title of the half-hour show that was on the next channel. And if you read them together, it said, Voyage to the Bottom of the Monkeys. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is so funny. Oh, that was good. <laughs> um, and then, just to build on top of that, um, this was something I sent you a while ago, and I'm going to read it. Um, there's a... So there's been this resurgence of monkeys fandom. I don't know why. Oh, because there's going to be a musical of them. Oh, that's right. Um, So there's a a blog that, uh, a Tumblr that I read sometimes, and people ask questions um, about the fictional monkeys, and the people who run the Tumblr answer them, and they always make up funny answers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the questions are sexual. So this was the question. I have a monkey sexual question. The original Star Trek, besides debuting in the same month and year on the same network as the Monkees, is often said to be the fandom where Slash began. This is true. What do you think the likely Slash pairings would be between the Monkees and the original Star <gasps> Trek studs? Well, Davey, check I, off. I, I, well, we answered this question, I think, in some of our to Monkey Lover. Fans, I but I wanted to read. <laughs> I want 
wanted to read the answer. So um, the answer is, uh, yes, it is true that Star Trek is the fandom often referred to as the one where Slash originated, the whole Kirk Spock thing. Neither um, the other author and I are particularly big Star Trek fans, so we had to cheat a little and Google the series to get some more information. <laughs> so the very first one, um, obviously, Davy and Chekhov. Of course. Because Davy, because Chekhov is little and adorable and baby-faced, much like Davy, and both have the teen idly heartthrob thing going on in their respective TV shows. Yes. They would just make a really cute couple that would totally blow up the teen mags, if the teen mags featured boy-boy couples anyway. Um, also, it, it has actually been revealed that Davy Jones might have served as the model for the character of Chekhov. Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, in, in the Two Monkey Lover fic, did we ever refer to Chekhov as the littlest officer? Because if we, we didn't, we have. should have. Yeah, we should have. Oh, well. I don't remember. I'd have to go read it again. If I could, read it again. Um, okay. okay, next one. Um, Mickey and Sulu. Granted, it kind of helps that George Takei is gay in real life, but the Mickey-Sulu pairing goes beyond that. Maybe it's the similar facial features or the fact that we can see Mickey keeping pace and being enthralled by Sulu's fast and furious fighting action. Either way, these two would be getting into all sorts of crazy adventures <laughs> together. Next, Peter and Captain Kirk. Now, granted, these two are pretty much opposites in lots of ways. Peter is laid-back, mellow, non-competitive, and Kirk is aggressive, demanding, and passionate. Somehow, though, we see we just see Peter being attracted to these handsome, charismatic leader types, and Kirk fits the bill perfectly. <sighs> okay, last one. Mike and Mr. Spock. Relationships come in many forms, and like Mike's friendship with the late Douglas Adams, Mike's relationship with Mr. Spock himself would be one of mind more than the body. We're imagining lots of long, drawn-out, theoretic discussions, intellectual duels, if you will. We can also very well see Mike and Leonard actually attempting to mind-meld in lieu of physical sex, just because you know Mike would be geeky enough to want to try it. <laughs> well, you know what else? Yes. In um, City on the Edge of Forever... Spock wore a cap, not unlike <gasps> Mike's. That is true. That is extremely much true. <laughs> yep. Wow. You're absolutely right about that. That That's great. Um, the only thing, though, the one place where I could see it not fitting, of course, is that on the monkeys, Mike is their leader. Yes. And Spock isn't really the leader mm -hmm. on, on Star Trek. Yeah. But um, did we talk about this on the show, that when we discovered that the same piece of costuming had been used in both Star Trek and on the monkey? Yes, we did talk about that, and I'm pretty sure we okay. put that picture up. Okay, maybe I should find that again, because that just cracked me oh, up. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> <sighs> so I think those were my crossover things. Um, you know, Star Trek's everywhere, Bill is everywhere, and I love it when they cross over with other things that, that we pay attention to. <laughs> like Voyage to the Bottom of the Monkey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to reassemble the members of Monkey Lover and ask them to write that one. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> That's a great title. That is such an awesome title. I'm surprised we didn't come up with it. That is the kind of title that Junk would come up with. Yes. Like, that is straight out of her brain. Yep, yep. In fact, Jonk might be convinced there was an episode of something <laughs> called Voyage to the Bottom of the Monkeys. Maybe that was the movie that was planned to, to go right after Head, but Head was so stupid and weird and made no money that they canceled it. They just had to cancel yep. it. Yep, I agree. 
Oh, well, I think that's the end of things for me. That's all I've got on my list. What about you? Anything else we need to chat about um, right now? I've been posting, you know, to the blog and to our Facebook as as things come up. And uh, I can't really uh, come up with m much of anything because, like I say, the big news has been Bill on Broadway. Uh. Yeah. Oh, so, but um, I want to do throw in one more thing about Bill on yes. Broadway. <clears throat> Excuse yes. me. Today, on uh, the the Shatner fan club thing, there was, you know, people have been talking about. Oh, I want to, you know, line up at the stage door and get his autograph and everything. Well, apparently, after the show, if you, I don't know, buy the super expensive ticket or something, Bill does a meet and greet. Well, oh. Edwin, whom you probably remember from when we went to Shatner weekend, the very nice uh, British fellow. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Well, he pointed out that um, he said uh, that, you know, having gone to New York and hung out at stage doors to meet stars, which is something it just never occurred to me to do. But um, he said after the show, there is usually, if it's, you know, big star, a huge crush. Many of the actors, because of this, do not go out the stage door. And um, I know I've seen some famous actors coming out through the lobby, but he also pointed out the better time to meet them is to hang around the stage door before the show, like an yeah. hour or so early when the actors are coming in to get ready. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about doing that to get a glimpse of Bill or, you know, whatever, you might want to give that a try. Yeah, you know, the hanging around the stage door thing always struck me as a little bit um, all about Eve. Yes. That seemed weird. <laughs> Like, literally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so th that's really good. Um, I wanted to mention one more thing, which is that, of course, it's never too early to start thinking about Shatmoy. So if people are having their own Shatmoy celebrations, let us know. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're going to be doing something, whether it's seeing Bill or other things. But we will be setting up some kind of Shatmoy celebration, and hopefully other folks will be coordinating. So there will be sort of an Internet-wide Shatmoy. Oh, that would be so fantastic. Yeah, that would be yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's all for now. We'll be back soon with another episode to talk about more and, and how Bill absolutely is everywhere at all times. And I can just imagine once Bill hits New York, the sightings of him <laughs> in restaurants. He's also going to be appearing at um, the Urban League while he's there. And okay, I'm not cool. even sure what that is, but it was in the news. But I, I'm sure Bill is going to be everywhere. He's going to be on the Today Show and everything that comes out of New York. He'll be on all of those. Mm -hmm. so, it, so it is going to be a shat fest. Yes. Keep your eyes You're going to have to just it. be awake 24 hours a day, glued to the TV and the Internet. Yes. Like we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.